Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. So is Ms. Grenko safe or not? I don't fucking know, sure. <laughs> okay. You know what I just realized is that I, I should have... I, I spent some time processing photos. Ooh, no, I didn't export them. Fuck. But uh, I was processing photos for the... Uh, earlier when I didn't have anything to do with the room. And I, I got sidetracked. And now I have even more photos to do. But I should have finished them up before the fucking show so I could have had something to show on the stream. Instead, we're still showing stuff from last year. That's okay. Oh, well. that, that's a lot to do in a very, very short amount of time. I mean, when did you get home? Uh, I got home last night. So there you go. That, I, I think that is not enough time to, you know, I'm assuming you had to work today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. So I, I think next week. Next week you can show the photos even if we're not talking RTX. Yeah. And maybe we can find oh, Mr. Kodenko oh, between wait, that wait. and now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know what I can do. Ah. Uh, oh. Oh, okay. I know what I can do. What can you do? I'll There's just show the, the, the photos that we had on the, on the uh, panel. Perfect. The kittens? <laughs> show the pictures that Tristan took of the panel. An encore presentation. Bump, 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 bump. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> it's our new theme song. Because we're always a CBS special presentation. Oh, we're not NBC. Um, I don't know if they're special. Oh, that's NBC special report. Or meet the press. Or both. Yeah, or both. Hey, when did that word have an L? Sorry, I started being pronounced with an L in it. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Lauren. And I'm Joseph. Do I get to introduce myself? Yes, that's cool. You can do that. Okay, I did it. But uh, what I can do is say that we are collectively Glib Shark. Tonight we're looking back at the, uh, I always say this, the weekend that was, RTX, a very successful RTX campaign for, for yours truly, and uh, and everybody. And as always, we're a call-in podcast still. So if you want to call in and talk about RTX, uh, the number to call is 215-486-2125. Or if you have Skype, call Jenga Ship and we'll let you in on the conversation. But first, as always, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Oboe Crazy. Who doesn't have This Week in Geek because I got in about uh, 36 hours ago and promptly slept and then went to work. So... Um, we're going to talk about RTX. Yay. And Yay. that's all for this week in Geek. I'm Oboe Crazy and oh my God, D&D. Record time, right? World is a new strange place. Factor on the air. Lauren at OboeCrazy.com. Meanwhile, go to GlibShark.com. Full of all of our content. Yes. But yes, D&D panel. One of the most, I think if you take the numbers, it's more better attended than every previous GlibShark panel we've done put together. Uh, oh, easily. No, no. See, I, oh, okay. How big was that room? 
I believe it was just under 200. Okay. And every so seat in the room was filled. Had, yes. So our first year, we probably had 40 or so. The next year, I think we had 30. Last year, we got back up to around 40. And I think this year, we dipped down to about 30. So, yeah, it was almost twice as much as, as normal. As, as all of them previously. Yeah. And apologies to our uh, audience at home. We, uh, due to technical difficulties, weren't able to stream either panel. Well, well yeah, uh, okay, in, in fairness, fairness, the yeah. streaming was not our fault. But due to technical difficulties, no one was, well, okay, no one was able to stream. I'm yeah, still hoping there's going to be pictures out there, though. Did, well, and, and as, uh, as our guest Joseph Dunlap pointed out, there were a couple of, uh, of cell phone pictures and other, another photography taken of the panel, so that'll definitely be out. But it was, it, like, this RTX, as, as plagued by problems as it was, <laughs> and, like, problems started almost immediately when they couldn't get the weekend that they wanted, which begat more problems. Then, when you got your badge and you were like, what is this, a, pap a paper badge? Really? Yeah, that was like I didn't mind picking up the badge there because that's what we've always done. And once again, I thought, you know, they had everything super well organized. Um, it was fun hanging out in the lines with people and the mo lines moved fast. Um, I thought the badge itself was nice, except, yeah, it was it was paper. And so people were going out and having them laminated just so that they didn't fall off the little clip. And one thing that we did hear was some people with the heat process of the laminating did have issues with getting back in because the RFID chip no longer worked. But oh. it, it, that seemed to be hit or miss because I did see some laminated passes that were, that were binged in just fine. I, mm. I didn't bother because I had the nice plastic uh, RT side quest badge to kind of back it up. So <laughs> I, I didn't really bother. I, I thought it was going to be fine. I didn't bother, but I did keep an eye on it all weekend. I figured if it started to go bad, I'd, I'd take steps and by the end of the weekend, it was a little bent, but it was still pretty strong. But I know people who it was often five minutes. And even though they never said, I think that the reason why we have these badges is that these badges themselves are less than two or three weeks old. Yeah. Like whatever they needed to do, they could not get the normal plastic badges, which is why they couldn't mail them when they wanted to. And so this what we got here was a stopgap. And you know what? In the end, it, it, it was a badge, and it worked, and that was just fine. Of, of the problems that happened this weekend, and honestly, there were few problems, I think. A, a lot of the issues were minor or ignorable. There were only a couple of, of things that happened in the first day that were then very quickly fixed. I think overall, um, there, was, there was a lot of challenges that this convention had to deal with that wasn't the convention's fault. And by the end of the day on Friday, they were like solved for the most part. Do we, can I tell my Friday morning almost being run over by a, a gaggle of people and then Bernie story? Go right ahead. Okay. So Friday morning, um, I was staying with Rocket John, uh, our, our wonderful good friend Rocket John, who um, I, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to go because once Luke couldn't go, I wouldn't have been able to afford to go, but he let me stay at his house. So we came in together. He had a panel he wanted to go to at the JW Marriott at 
just after the convention opened. I want to say 1230. So we put around for a little while uh, and we go on in. And basically the JW Marriott, the convention area, is just a series of convention rooms, kind of one on top of each other with, with staircases and, and escalators. And the, what was it? I, I guess it was the third floor. It was the floor, floor that also had all of the signings going on. You got up to the third floor and there was a Starbucks and then like a hallway to the signings and then another escalator going up to the big convention rooms. And I guess there were like three different large panels going on right then. There was a Game Grumps, there was a patch, I want to say, and something, something else huge in one of the large ballrooms that was going to get completely filled. And this year, the rule was there was going to be no lining up for any of the panels until an hour beforehand. And by the end of the weekend, people had figured out that the Guardians were serious about this shit and knew not to try to line up beforehand. But the first couple of panels of the first day, people were like, oh, either they didn't believe him or whatever. So we go up to the room and it's like there's people everywhere, just everywhere. We go up to the room. Uh, John goes into the panel. I'm not going to go in. I'm going to go back down. I'm going to go to the convention center. And as I'm coming down those stairs, it is shoulder to shoulder packed with people. And what's happening is the guardians are saying to people, you can't be just hanging out here waiting to line up for a line. You need to disperse and come back an hour beforehand and we'll get you lined up. And everybody would basically take like a step or two away or kind of start to the next move to the next room. <laughs> So, and I watched this happen. I watched a guardian come down the escalator and, you know, calling out to the crowd of people who were listening attentively going, you can't, you know, if you're here for this, this, or this panel, we are not lining up yet. Come back in 20 minutes, leave. And the shoulder to shoulder mob of people, like some people would just kind of move away a couple of feet. Some people would just kind of stand where they were. Some people couldn't move. And a couple people would eventually go down the escalators and then wait in the lobby. And it, they would just migrate. So it was, it was kind of a crazy amount of people. I warmed my way through. What should have taken me all of 10 seconds to cross took me about 15 minutes. I get down the second set of escalators. There's a whole different set of people who are being told to disperse and are taking a step backwards and then standing still. I warm my way through that. I finally get outside. Breathe super hot air. Start to move to the left. And who do I see walking into the JW Marriott but Bernie Burns? So Bernie sees me and he's like, hey, Obo, how's it going? And we give each other a hug. And he goes, you're leaving? And I said, it's insane in there. And then he had uh, guardians with him. Uh, he had Suppy, friend of the show Suppy, and friend of the show Bakus, who I know really well. So I gave them quick hugs. And I see Bernie is headed into the Marriott. And he is already, like, surrounded by people. He has already been swarmed. And so I tell the two of them, I'm like... It is a nightmare in there. Be prepared. And I ran the fuck away. Now, that was the worst I saw it. And we're talking the first hour of the first day of the convention. After that, I think people finally heeded Guardian warnings, did not try to pre-line up. Although there was one case in where I found just a random cosplayer saying, yeah, this is where like the I'm starting the pre-line for this panel so that we can then get to the line. And I'm like, no, no. No, that's not how, no. But yeah, it was, it took a little while to finally, like, 
figure everything out and for people to respect the fact that they didn't need to be anywhere until an hour before the show. I got several different images in my head during your story of various movie genres. (laughs) Mostly horror zombie movies. Okay, well, first off, you turn the corner going down the stairs and there's a horde of zombies that you Mm -hmm. didn't expect to see. Then the Guardians are telling them to disperse and they're holding out crosses and saying, back, back to the depths. (laughs) And then they're telling them, you know, back up, get out of here, you can't be here. And it's a herd of cattle that don't know which direction to go. And a stampede's about to start. But then it goes back to a zombie movie because you see Bernie Burns and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And he walks in and immediately gets swarmed by zombies, Shaun of the Dead style. Yeah, but he's a pro at, at swatting off zombies. Did he I have mean, a baseball he, bat with spikes on it? No, he had three guardians. They had baseball bats with, with spikes on them. <laughs> no, just spikes. Listen, hey, it, it, there were a lot of new people at this convention, and I don't blame anyone for being super excited, but that, that was a little crazy. Yeah. Did you guys have any encounters with giant lines besides our own panel? I was well, a VIP. I, well, let me. Uh, oh, let we're me all going to stick our tongue out of you for a second, Joseph. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me let me preface by saying I'm really sad and sorry for anyone who wanted to go to the D and D panel but didn't get the chance to. I even we did not expect that kind of turnout. Oh God, that was horrifying and amazing at the same time. Right. So I got like, there. Yeah, go I got there an hour before the panel, knowing I wasn't going to be able to get until a half hour before because of the panel that was before us. And I'm hanging out in one of the lounges, just like looking over my notes and everything. And uh, I was talking to Pepsi, who was one of the lead guardians in that area, and mentioning about how, you know, I hope that we get like 30, 40 people because we have to compete with Bare Naked Ladies and Laser Team. And she looks at me and she says, your panel's been capped. What what do you mean my panel's been capped? Uh, There's already more people in that, that we can let in. We had to start turning people away. Yeah. So I had at this point, John was there and I start texting people like, get your ass to Mars. And by Mars, I mean the D&D panel. And, and not Venus had, in that. And that's not Venus. For Destiny. We had to set a couple seats aside for uh, a couple of people for reasons. And it was it was a bit of a frantic thing. But oh, my God, the people that were there were amazing. Like, so they they start letting the line go to the. uh the queue room, essentially. They had a room set up that was just a queue to get into the main room. And I poked my head in and people started to cheer. And then I said, you know, that I, I basically yelled at all of them that they were all getting advantage on their next roles. And everybody got the joke and started to cheer. These were people who wanted to be at our panel. These are not people who got turned away from something else and said, ah, I'll, you know, go to this D&D thing. These are people who gave up Video game orchestra and bare naked ladies and laser team to come to us. I'm gonna go ahead and take over uh, a little bit go of the story there. So, I, Jack and I had no idea any of this was going on. We were <laughs> back at our condo, and hanging out, and around six ten, Jack is like, "Hey, we should probably wander over to the panel." And I'm like, "Eh, it's kind of early." Yeah, sure, why not? So we mosey. panels at seven. Right. The, pan- the panel was at 7 o'clock. So we mosey over there. Like, we're just, 
we, we are in no hurry at all to get over to the Hilton. We're just like full blown oh, meander mode. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's like I had run into crowds at the Hilton before when I had when I had registered on Friday. I had run into a fuck ton of people, and it was all just people lined up for panels and stuff. And it really wasn't that bad as long as you weren't going to one of those panels. You were fine. Like, got registration, got out, whatever. Not a big deal. So Jack and I wander through, and there's the standard crowds at, like, the escalator and all over the place. And we're like, yeah, yeah, they're probably here for something. And so we go up to the guardians that are letting people up the escalators. And, like, and they say, and we're like, hey, uh, we're, we're on the D&D panel. And the guardians are like, oh, okay, cool, come on up. And as we're going up, we get some strange looks from the people at the escalators. And I think actually someone said, hey, why are those guys getting up? This is the line for D&D. I don't think I quite <laughs> comprehended him. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. He's talking crazy there. So we go on up. And so we're, we're head up the escalators and we're going to see Obo. And Obo's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just like out of her mind. And we're like, well, why? What's going on? She's like, they, they hadn't got my text room. Yes. And I'm like, What? And like they capped our room. That's when you showed us the queue room, and there and one of the guardians was like, "Yeah, there's more people down by the escalator." I'm like, "Oh, those were our people. That's why they were pissed. They didn't know we were actually on the panel. They thought we were just like getting up early or something." So they, right they at thought that, we were randos. Yeah, we, they thought we were randos. So at that point, it went full text everyone because we knew we had a big crowd in our room who weren't doing anything, and they're not going to come on over early because they, like us, figured they were probably going to be our crowd. So, yeah, at that point, it was phone calls and frantic texts saying, get here now, we'll, we could get you in, we'll, we'll, we'll get you seats, but you need to get here now. And, and it was amazing. It was so amazing. And at that point, I got really both excited and nervous all at once. For me, when I perform and I consider DM, DMing performing, I, I have the same reaction as when I'm performing on oboe, which is I get super nervous up until the moment that I start to perform, and then it's all golden. But unlike when I play oboe, when I'm DMing, I sweat like I'm standing outside in the Texas heat. So that was one of the reasons I stood most of the panel, uh, because I was sweating like a mofo. It was ridiculous. And then it was fantastic. And my only regret was that it wasn't recorded. It doesn't seem to have been recorded. It was not live streamed. Um, I, there is maybe a tiny, tiny, small chance it was recorded, but I haven't heard back from anybody. So I'm, I'm going with it probably wasn't recorded. Did you do that thing where after you're done recording, you, you feel like you've been doing fine? Like you're nervous, you, you start performing, and then afterward your heart is like pumping and you're like, I don't, I didn't notice this when I was performing, but now my heart is pumping like crazy. No, I, I, I notice, but I've, I've been a performer all my life. So I'm, I don't quite lose myself in performing. I'm still very cognizant of when like shit goes wrong. Um, like, oh, we only have 15 minutes left and they haven't seen the boss monster yet. So I need to uh, move this shit along. Things like that. But but, uh, but go ahead. I'm just going to thank you guys for, for doing that because that was amazing. Well, 
and thank you for uh, for being such a great DM. I mean, you had such a great sense of timing and pace. You knew how to deal with four very boisterous, very disparate personalities. Especially a certain orc who shall remain nameless. <laughs> but no, John was like the sort of secret weapon of that thing. Like, he was the biggest surprise for me from that panel. The, how big he was into it and how far... And I've known John a long time. But even I did not expect him to get the kind of cult following that he got from that game. I, I think you all did fantastically, and I, I had no doubt that the four of you were going to perform well. I mean, that that was really my <laughs> own. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, I knew each of you had something fun to bring to the table, literally. I knew that all of you were comfortable uh, performing in front of an audience, which is essentially, even if it's just D&D in your own living room, you're still performing in front of an audience. You're performing in front of your friends. This happens to be, a, be a your friends with 200 extra friends in the room. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that when Jules was thrown the curveball of now she has to sing everything that she wants to say, and it, it took her a little bit to get into it, but then she was absolutely fine and was having fun with it. it I mean, I knew. I knew it was going to be great. And great it was. And I love the whole mechanic of a, uh, of a wedding reception. So it was a short enough encounter that it was uh, quick. Something, because I know D&D games can sometimes take like hours and hours and days and weeks and so on and so forth. And we didn't have time for any of that. So... <laughs> The comedy element, the drinking element, it was sort of, you know our audience very, very well, and that was like the perfect campaign to run. Well, thank you. And you guys performed it beautifully. I mean, it, it's a team effort. It's, it's joint storytelling, and I, I'm glad you came along for the ride. Yes, and now I have the reputation of being the potted plant. Yes, which is amazing. So for those who don't know, who weren't able to watch or, you know, listen to the, to the, uh, the panel, um, the, the gameplay mechanic involved people transforming or having something happen to them as a result of drinking a mysterious uh, elixir slash booze, right? Um, Sorcerer's Sweat was the right, name of the drink. There you go, Sorcerer's Sweat. So the Sorcerer's Sweat made Jewel only able to communicate by singing, made Jonathan, the Magimuscular, only able to communicate by shouting, which isn't that much of a stretch. <laughs> But, uh, and then John grew, our orc grew a uh, beard full of feathers. I think, what was his name again? What was John's character's name? Carlton Tanks. Really cool. Yeah, yes. Carlton, the Q. Carlton yep. Tanks, which I think is perfect. And then my character, Sterling Mallory the Archer, uh, was turned into a potted plant. Which, and I was the last one, so I got the biggest, I got the huge response from people. And I, I was able to sell it. I think if all four of us who had to become a potted plant, I was the guy who could, who could do the most with it. <laughs> you I... weren't. Excellent potted plant. I, I kind of wish I would have gotten the singing one and Jules would have gotten the shouting one. Because, like, I think part of the... After she got it, I think she was afraid to say anything because she couldn't figure out how to sing it. A little and bit, but she got into it and certainly at the moment... It, but initially... Like, and, and that's one of the reasons why I made a big point to try and cheer her on whenever she was going to do anything to kind of yeah. help overcome that. But... That was, I think, out of all of our afflictions, that was probably the most difficult to deal with, and it went to the newest player. Yeah. The, so the list that I had come up with, um, I was mostly thinking, I, I, was, I pulled from a couple of different sources, and I was trying to concentrate on things that would be RP funny, with a few things thrown in that if, if you had let Jason drink, and he had been, you know, turned into a pot of plant or instantly drunk or something, there were ways you guys were going to be able to, to get 
him out of that situation. But um, I wanted them to all be kind of funny. And uh, but there was certainly that random element in there. I mean, I I I didn't want to fudge those numbers when people called them out. So um, what what made it extra perfect for me was knowing what she was possibly going to have to do at the end of the game. Because I thought that would be hysterical. And it was. Yeah. And, and I think that like I, I think the mix of people was was really good. And I, I was just, I, I was sort of shocked at the crowd energy. Like, yes, it was awesome. It was amazing. I mean, we, when I asked for numbers, you know, Hey, someone, someone volunteer a number and like half the crowd immediately were shouting out numbers and raising their hand. By the time I asked for a second number between one and a hundred, every single person in that room had their hand raised. I might as well, I should have just stopped asking for volunteers and just started picking people out of the crowd. It would have been yeah. easier. I, yeah. One of the things I really, the other thing I really liked about the crowd energy was that they were interactive and boisterous, but yes. we really didn't have a heckler. Yes. It was very nice. There Actually, was no our heckler one... was on the panel. I think if we right. had John, he would have been the heckler. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that, that because of that, there was, there was nothing to kind of take away some of the wind that was in the sails. Like everyone was having fun. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest misstep of the panel was that we just didn't have quite enough alcohol. So we know <laughs> for next time, we just need to bring more. Okay. More okay. So let's talk about alcohol because at your first panel, there was hardly any. And so I couldn't enforce your drinking game. And so what he's talking about is we've now moved to the glip shark panel, uh, which usually has, a, a fun drinking game to happen with the audience. Usually we pick three rules ahead of time. When they happen, we drink. And then the audience tries to guess what our drinking rules are and win prizes. But there were a couple of missteps that caused that to fall by the wayside. One being lack of alcohol. And it wasn't for... I mean, there was a bar... There were several bars in all of the hotels. But they weren't within easy access um, because it was sometimes difficult to get around the hotels, it no one really wanted to leave and then try to come back in. Um, and then, you know, it was like, oh, we're going to start this. We, we've got a drink. Right. And I, I, one thing that I had forgotten was that in Texas, hotels are especially cool with, uh, with, bringing, with having booze around. I know that, uh, that at BGG Con, which is at a hotel in Dallas, like... There are open containers all over the place. There are there are half done six packs everywhere, and I think if I had recalled that, we probably like we wouldn't have wanted to just flaunt it and just display it. But if we would have had a few six packs in our in our in our backpacks and just brought that in, I think it would have been okay. Listen, of all of the panels that I saw, all, okay, wait, let me rephrase that. All of the panels I saw had drinking. And most of the panels had overt drinking. And that includes the, I went to the live action Rooster Teeth panel, which opened with Matt sitting down at the table and three different guardians uh, bringing out six beers to put in front of him. (laughs) Oh, actually, you mentioned that. There is a picture, and I forget if it was on Twitter or Facebook, that someone posted of of our good friend Lo Zelda. And she had a, a tray with clearly two cocktails on it. Like, mm-hmm. like two multicolored fruity cocktails that she was 
taking somewhere because someone had requested them because she yep. was she was running PA, I believe. So that's good to know that for next year, um, I think as long as we're not flaunting it, there is really no problem with with alcohol in any of those locations, and we'll 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 be a little better prepared. But I think this year, it was it was not to our detriment to be cautious. Right, and and that just means that uh, that Joseph, you'll need to take a rain check on that on that drinking game <laughs> referee. But but not only that, we'll get to you the rules ahead of time instead of pulling you from the crowd and going. Um, so these are the rules that we kind of want to go. Oh wait, no, we can't because we don't have shit for it. I got like one rule, and I'm thinking, do I need to write this down? Do I need to try and memorize this? Okay, speaking of writing down, I have I will say. Those fucking notepads that they had on every <laughs> single panel were the most goddamn fun ever. Like, yeah. like actually, the most functional that they were at were was at the D and D game because I was writing down all the names. But for everything else, it was all passing notes and penises. And Dick it seriously was. It was awesome. Okay, I there were notes. There were no notes being passed in my panel. I'm just wanna. I just wanna make that clear. There was no notes. <laughs> no just notes. penises. Just pictures. Uh, well. Well, keep in mind, Joseph, that uh, by by that time it had gotten to be Sunday. So, and like on your panel, it was the group of people that I knew the least. So I wasn't gonna like pass uh, Escalante a note saying, "Will you go around with me?" Because I, I don't know him that well. But I will pass him a communal drawing of a penis in progress and see if he wants any to add anything to it. What better icebreaker than penises, right? Exactly. When Barb is that, your community manager, then yes. Yeah, like that reminds me of the whole Coke campaign where it says share a Coke with, and instead of the name, there's probably for RTX like a drawing of a hairy dick. Share a penis with? Yeah, share <laughs> a penis with. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> now, let's talk and, about your panel a little bit, actually. Yeah, so Joseph. this was the how to run a podcast panel, basically. That was a great panel. You had you you were the only one that I saw. I mean, everybody came with like slides and pictures and things, but you were the only one who had fucking transitions. What the hell? I sat down with my PowerPoint and thought I should put random transitions in there, just like with no rhyme or reason for it. <laughs> so I did it with the slides, and each slide had a particular transition that I would choose for every bit of text for that slide. Yeah, it Which, was fun. In- in the business world, that's the last thing you want to do. But for this, it was perfect because we're all waiting to see what the next crazy transition was going to be. And, <laughs> and I think where there was were star pa- wipes. I think there and, were star wipes. And where was this panel in 2006 when I was a rookie dope trying to figure out how to be a kid with a mic? <laughs> I could have used some of this information back in the day. Well, I was glad I was able to share it because a lot of people were expressing interest in learning the information on that panel. And I really hope there is video that will go on YouTube because if there is... First off, it's only going to be of us at the table, sure. but I will be commenting as the podcast uh, and putting in the PowerPoint a link to the PowerPoint that was there because that's, I mean, half of the information is just being put up there on the PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. I mean, I learned stuff doing this panel. Me, and I've been doing this for almost ten, like nine years now. That makes so, me feel successful as a teacher. Right? That I taught an expert. I don't know if I'm an expert. I mean, I've outsourced all of my work to, uh, to the, I to guess, cheap uh, to a- labor, cheap <laughs> Mexican labor, Jack. <laughs> cheap abused hand labor. I'll say your panel also had the right mixture 
of comedy and education. So like you were there to be the straight man and then you had your three co-hosts who had intelligent things to say, but also could focus on bringing some of the funny. And so it, it was a really nice mix of information, 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 joke, information, joke, information, information, joke. You're not going to find that anywhere but a panel full of experienced podcasters. It's true. It, it's, or drunks. I think alcohol and sound are two very you po- podcast-specific um, you know, fields. So. Can we get a t-shirt for that? I think we need to. We need to find a better way to phrase Alcohol it. Alcohol plus sound equals podcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's How pretty it... true. Uh, it sounds like a player four t-shirt. I would buy that t-shirt though. Yeah, we could do that. Like a picture of a bottle plus a sound wave or like headphones or something equals podcast. Or wow. Equals, I don't know. Something. I'd, figure it out. I'd listen to that podcast and I'd wear that shirt. Yeah. But you should listen to that podcast. You should listen uh, to all those podcasts. All I should go this on podcast that po- right now. Hey, I should go on that podcast. Where, what are you doing Tuesday? Thursday, rather. Um, I, there's some douche named uh, Jing- um, Jenga ship. Jenga something. Oh, it's I've like a reference him. to um something. It's a reference what, to something. What's you going to talk about? MySpace. Uh, yes, my MySpace and. How he's very proud of the fact that he is friends with some guy that started my, my, MySpace. Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Tim, right? Tim, MySpace. Yeah. Tim. Yeah, uh, he's, he he has a friend, and also lots of glitter on his wallpaper on his MySpace account, and loud well, music I, that plays when you go there. I mean, it's not really a MySpace account if you don't have a, some new metal blasting and some glitter and some uh, some skulls with bows in the. In their, in their and at the very bottom, it has to have an under construction sign with that little worker. <laughs> I actually am sad man. that the MySpace days kind of missed out on dubstep. Because then I would just wub. sit there and listen to it. Oh, man. I, I, I think MySpace is still a thing. It's still out there. It's still doing something. But I would love it there to be like a MySpace throwback Thursday. A MySpace throwback Thursday. What would we do? Well, first of all, we cry. (laughs) Whatever we were doing when we were using MySpace. So crying, being unpopular. I'd list my top 10. I thought you said you were going to lift your top. I'll do that too. (laughs) Porn space. Where was this during RTX? (laughs) Actually, I was at that panel. (laughs) I didn't get a chance to do it at RTX proper, but at the Salt Lake, I managed to, uh, to get a little nipple action to my good friend Larry. Okay, Ew. what was it that happened at the Salt Lake? No, what was it that happened at Buffalo Billiards on Sunday night? Sunday night. Uh, this specific. thing happened involving Queen and a jukebox. Ooh. I didn't hear about this. Oh, apparently everyone downstairs of Buffalo Billiards started singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh I missed it. I was upstairs most of the time. Yeah, yeah I, missed it too. I heard about it, but I missed it. Roblox? I, I'm just hearing about it right now. I, I had no fucking idea. Did he, At that did, point, did, I was did, already really presents, folks. What? <laughs> what? Well, let's ask Roadblock about something he does know about, which was the fourth panel that he was on, which is the photography panel. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was me, Connor McRae, Dom Dabrowski, Nathan Hayden, and our good friend John Sedlak. We talked about photography. We, we had as much camera equipment. I, I think the camera equipment that we had on the table 
plus my computer was probably worth as much as my car. It was actually, actually, I take that back, it was worth more than my car. Yeah, that was some, some really intense camera equipment. Uh, looked like everybody was having fun. Um, I really liked the moment where everyone was taking selfies with Nathan behind us taking f- pictures of all of us taking selfies. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, and I'm super looking forward to seeing the pictures that come out of that panel specifically because I think I, I don't know what you specifically were trying to do, Roblox, but I got the sense everybody else was trying to go as crazy or as artsy-fartsy as they could considering what was going on in the panel. Mm. Yeah, and it was like really, it was an idea that I had right after panel submissions for last year's RTX. Mm. So we couldn't do it then. But... Uh, it, it was just something that sounded interesting to me, so I wanted to give it a shot and see if, see if there was any interest. And and there was some, but I hmm. I feel like, I, I feel like we could have done a bit, a little bit better with the promotion. And uh, and and I think if we had reached out to the cosplay community a little bit more, maybe we could have gotten a few cosplayers there for free photo shoots. That's uh, I think synergy. one of one of the things that did not help was the fact that, like, if you couldn't really mill around anywhere. Like, even out just outside the JW Marriott, there was so much traffic, and it was hot, and everything else that, that if we had wanted to do a community, like, photo shoot, that would have been, that would have been very challenging. Yeah. So, it, it, it almost worked out that we didn't, but uh, maybe if, we, if there's more interest, we can get the panel back together next year. I, I don't want to put on the same stuff every year, and an, an example I'll cite is our good friend Kelly Dunlap. Who Ke- uh, Kelly Dunlap? Is that Doctor Kelly Doctor Dunlap? Dunlap. Okay. Goose Checka. Oh, Goose Checka. I'll I'll just call her Goose Checka not to not to get anyone confused. So so Goose put on her psychology panel, but it covered a bunch of different points that she hasn't covered before. So it was essentially a, aside from the first five minutes, a brand new panel. And another panel that got capped super fast because. Uh, John and I got capped out of it. We couldn't go in. We, we went up to the garden. And they're like, oh, yeah, you, you, that's full. You can't get in there. So once yeah. again, I've missed her panel, and I feel like shit. Well, uh, hold, hold on a second. Oh, oh my God. I'm adjusting back. stuff on the fly. Okay. So uh, that was really weird because there were seats. There yeah, were that's, about, what we heard, that's, that's what we heard afterwards, uh, was yeah. that they were. And the only thing that I could think of is that th- that was also um, earlier in the, in the run of the, the whole thing. And, you know, maybe someone miscounted. Maybe there was, I don't know. But we were, we were in no uncertain terms told it was capped. And I, I hear even though there were empty seats, it was still super full. Oh, yeah, no, the empty seats were way in the back. And there were only about 10 or 15 of them, if that. So it it was a re- it it was it was elbow room for the rest of us and it was a very very interesting panel. It was extremely well presented. It had a bunch of new information and one thing I will say about Guscheka just kind of in general is that she is an extremely non-judgmental person. Mm. So every anytime she would refer to like an opponent of video games or or someone that was advocating against video games for whatever reason, she would not be an apologist for them but also not be like hostile like she never referred to someone who said video games are evil and and should be destroyed as a motherfucker, <laughs> which she would have every right to say. 
But she didn't do that. She she kept it professional. She kept it objective, and it was it was super super good, really good. And Great that end. I'm gonna see this one of these days. I really am. Every time but, I try to, that's I either... the thing with Goose. Next year, it it won't. It may not be the same panel. I I, I think if if she gives a panel at Pax Prime, which mm. is something that she has done before, I think you might see this panel. But I think a year from now, depending on how things go with like her research and her interests, you may not get this one again. Which is okay. Which, which is awesome. That it's... Which, is, which is really, really good. Because yeah. I think if you're doing year over year panels, I, I think it's your obligation to bring something new every year. Also, it means that she's getting updated information. So even if it's essentially the same general topic of conversation, the fact that she is keeping it current and doing additional research on top of that is is it's kind of like getting a sequel of the same story. It's like, all right, same same day, different time. I love this. But so I want to go back to the fact that uh, so you mentioned about these 15 seats empty at the back. I do wonder if the whole VIP system needs to change a little bit, because that was the other thing. By the time the D&D panel happened, Guardians had kind of figured out some of the pitfalls of, of the VIP stuff. Um, the problem with the VIPs is they had to hold a certain number of seats at the front of the room for VIPs who could literally walk up five minutes before the panel and get in no matter how full it was, as long as there were still VIP seats. So I do wonder, and then they have to include them in counts and then remove them from counts, and it, it gets confusing. So I do wonder if the if a whole bunch of VIPs showed up and they had to fill those seats and fill the VIP seats and then fill these extra seats and then some of them left. Because that's the other thing with the VIPs. They don't have to stand in the line. They can just mill about and then walk on in when they feel like it, which True. means some of those people might have decided to leave or got distracted or whatever. And all of a sudden you've got empty seats, but you've already communicated to your guardians downstairs, hey, we're full. Yeah. I mean, that said, it might be through the app, you might be able to develop some kind of check-in system where if a VIP wants to go to a panel, they can just uh, check in through the app and then they can check against like who's there. And that way, five minutes in, they know like who, you know, who checked into that panel and they can just go ahead and go in. And that way it makes it easier to plan and for more people to be involved. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a couple of comments about that. One oh, was like, like there were some panels like the, like the photography panel where it wasn't a factor. It just right. there weren't enough people to be in there, but for the D and D panel, obviously it was a little bit of an issue. One thing I did notice was that for the D and D panel, I, I a shout out to the Guardians of the Room who did an excellent job of 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 um, managing to, a bunch of panicked people, managing a bunch of panicked people, but also giving concessions to those panicked people because we were like, hey. Our friends in our condo, they, they really wanted to come, and we wanted to make sure that they had a spot. And they pretty much allocated almost the entire VIP section to the people that we asked, and, and we said, hey, these are our VIPs. Like, these are the people we really want here. And there were a couple of people that, that didn't get in until late, but... Um, but at that point, like, I, it felt like we had almost used up our favors because, like, like I said, we got almost in an, our entire condo in along with a few other people who were visiting. And, and, and my other comment of that was on – and uh, please don't I'm, – I'm not trying to name drop or, or do anything. I'm simply explaining a situation that happened. So 
we found out that uh, that Doodles was going to have a panel, our good friend Lauren, and it was going to be on Sunday at two thirty. And we're like, cool. Well, at, as soon as we get done with the with the uh, with the with the player four panel and the podcasting panel, we're going to go go screw around a little bit, but and then maybe come back to the convention center and 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 just kind of walk the convention floor because I think w- once we had gotten done with lunch, then we. Uh, then we were going to go do that. Well, turns out we didn't quite get lunch. So we were like, you know what? We're, we'll just deal with it after the panel. So we go to the convention floor, just kind of wander around, and we run into Doodles. And she's like, man, I'd really love to get food. And we're like, well, we can eat, so let's go. So uh, Jack, uh, Izzy, and I went, to Lor- went with Lauren to lunch. And at that point, I'm kind of looking at my watch going, you know, this is a panel with with two two artists and and – and Patrick, who who is well known, they're all they're all pretty well known staff. So it's also not in a huge room. So if we go to, with Lauren to lunch, there's a good possibility we won't get in unless she says, "Hey, can you get these guys in?" And then we're sitting sort of in the VIP section ish. So we went to lunch, and I kind of had this in the back of my mind. And Lauren, being Lauren, and she's awesome did exactly that. We went to lunch, and then she was like, oh, wait, you guys didn't get a chance to line up because you were hanging out with me. Hey, can these guys get into the VIP section? Cool. But we did notice that they didn't fully fill the VIP section. Like, there were, like, I want to say, like, two or three, maybe even four, like, single seats that were scattered around the first three rows. And so I think what they had done is that they had kept those seats open just in case a VIP did happen to show up. And, and and I think that was like and like I said, this was this was Sunday afternoon. So this was near the end. So I think at that point, they re- like you were saying, Obo, they really did have the system figured out to to try and accommodate it as best th- as they could. Yeah, I'm. I don't remember what conversation it was, or even who it was, and it might have been with you guys. But the 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 topic was fielded that because one of the things I heard that went super well was signings, uh, not just because. The, the Guardians were super on top of things, but the ticketing system that they went with for doing signings seemed to work especially well. Everybody, um, it wasn't like the last couple of years, which is kind of manic and crazy and people not being able to, you know, weird caps and everything. This year it went super smooth. Um, everybody seemed happy. The signings didn't go 20 million years over and the whole nine yards. And the, the idea was floated of doing something similar for the big ticket panels. The, that you would get, you know, maybe one ticket per day to go to one of the big ballroom panels and you would vie, you know, for that ticket. And so that way, instead of it being, well, I really want to go see Game Grumps, they're only going to line up the hour beforehand, but I know that this thing is going to quote unquote sell out. So I'm going to hang her out for four hours and, and try to get into this thing. You could vie for a ticket beforehand, make sure you get the, the panel that you want. And then you don't have the, the giant groups of people waiting for four hours for a panel. Which is one of the reasons why I don't do it. I mean, one, because yeah. I, as a, as a, as a, uh, a prevalent panelist, I don't have time to go to all these <laughs> other panels. I got my own panels to deal with. No, I, but but it, it would make some, doing like something like that a lot more appealing because I know the last couple of years when they've done Ruby premieres at RTX and they've had that first episode, especially with season two, like seeing Ruby for the first time at, at RTX, I think would have been cool. But season two's opener was fucking hilarious. 
And I think it would have been awesome to have seen that with the crowd. But there was no way I was I was going to be camping out for four hours. And I think something like that for the for if they decide to do another concert, I I almost wish they would do something more pack style because I don't know that I've ever had a problem getting into the the PAX concerts once they've started. I don't, I don't know. That, that may just be me, but I, it just, I, I've, I've never been like, I, I've never felt like, oh man, I got to line up like two hours for the PAX concerts. Then again, I haven't been there in a while, so I don't know. I don't know how it works now. Yeah, but PAX does different things. Like they don't empty out their rooms beforehand. So if you want to go see, for example, the Rooster Teeth panel, because they always follow the keynote and Gabe and Tycho, you essentially have to go to the keynote because the keynote is the first thing. You essentially have to be there at like eight o'clock in the morning. So I, I like that the that RTX empties out each panel room so you can't just squat in a panel room. Yeah. And uh, so the, I think the ticketing system would be kind of good. Honestly, I I, I I think there has to be a bigger community push for some of these for some of these smaller panels. I, I think we kind of need to help each other get the kind of, of audience that some of the bigger stuff gets because I, 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 think, I, I think a lot of people could benefit. I actually talked to a friend of ours on Nereal. She had some questions about panels that she was asking Mary. And I happened to come up to Mary and just give her a hug. And as I was doing that, Mary's like, well, Nereal, if you're asking about panels, this is the guy to talk to. And I'm like, well, you know. Yeah. I you mean, know, I, I came up with a branding idea, I think, two years ago, and I think you might remember the name, Glibshark Minicon. So, and effectively, R RTX is kind of the place where you're able to see all three of us in the same place usually, right? So what if we were ahead of time, once we know what the schedules look like, to sort of draw up like the sort of schedule like of ticks of events of things that, you know, Glibshark endorses so that we can go through the list of stuff and, you know, signal boost that way. And other people do the same thing. And then even like the side event, the side quest stuff, we could always pair off a couple of things. Even the, uh, shy, I mentioned a cruise that has booze on it or a punch and pie contest or whatever. Like these sort of <laughs> branded as the, as the Glibshark convention. Within RTX, I don't know. I, judging from the attendance at at our the Glibshark proper panel that didn't involve the word the words Dungeons and Dragons or drunks, I don't know that we have that that kind of leverage just yet. But what if, I'm saying, if, if you yeah, the D and D thing, D D and D thing, then then maybe we will going forward. Yeah, or just an idea of like making sure that there's sort of this list of things, or a bunch of us work together and have a thing where people get stickers for going to these smaller panels, and that people get like all these stickers from going all the smaller stuff, they get some kind of prize. I don't. Oh, yeah. I. Uh, I don't want to have to organize that. It was hard enough just going to the panels that I did and like hanging out with friends and getting sleep. Uh, that, that's that's not necessarily a bad idea. Um, I definitely want to continue to signal signal boost all of our friends. I want to, uh, that is the main reason I go to RTX is it's become like packs for me. I don't go for the show floor. I don't even really go for the, the huge panels. I go to see my friends, and if my friends are on panels, that's where I'm going. So I, I think next year we'll, we can just focus on that. And, you know, I, God, I don't want to have to deal with people trying to get us stickers and prizes. Oh, God. That brings Let's do up. prizes just at the thing. <laughs> yeah, let's... Well, we're at the top of the hour anyway, so let's actually talk about next year. Um, we'll start with you, Lauren. Like, what do you, what would you like to see in next year's RTX? 
or for oh. us? Well, at at RTX in general, or at like the panels that we did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> say, say something. Okay, so for the D and D panel, and you guys have heard this before. I have three wishes. One, I would like a slightly bigger room. I think we filled the, this room. It was just under two hundred. I would like to go, let's say, four hundred. Uh, two, I want slightly more than an hour. I think if we could get two hours or even an hour and a half, it'd be perfect because yeah, doing a, a full adventure in one hour takes it super hard. And I had to cut a lot of stuff last minute. And I think if we could get an hour and a half or two hours, I think that'll be good. And I don't want to go longer than that. And three, I want to make sure that we have our own camera, at least one to film the whole thing. So that way, if uh, it is not streamed, we can get a copy of it. So that's what I want out of, out of the D and D panel. Out of RTX in general, um, I would love to see. I would love to see them consolidate a little bit more. I know this year because they couldn't have the whole convention center, they they had to spread out. And as gorgeous as that that new JW Marriott is, and as as wonderful as the Hilton is, having to run around between those three venues in the heat sucks. Um, you know, you already have to do that for PAX and it's gorgeous in Seattle when that happens. I would love for them to reconsolidate maybe into two locations, just the Hilton and the convention center and shore up things a little bit. I think, um, I, I would be okay with them limiting panels a little bit more if that was the case, but that would be, that would be my big thing is shore things up. Roadblock. I, I think a lot of the logistical issues, like Lauren was saying, will be fixed when they get the weekend they want. And if they need to maybe go over to the mayor, to the Hilton, I, I think as far as logistically, the Hilton would be the best choice for any kind of expansion. I don't the con convention center is big enough, so they shouldn't need it if they can get the whole thing. But it does make for a hey, if we wanted to stick all the community panels in the Hilton and th I, I think that could work really well. And that way, it, I, I, one, on one hand, it would kind of suck because then it would take more effort to get to them. But at the same time, it would be kind of their own space. One thing I did hear about the Hilton that people liked the JW Marriott better is that the Hilton doesn't have any back entrances. Like, it's harder to try and get guests through, through the Hilton to different stuff than the JW Marriott. However... All of that may be obviated if they if they don't need to do that, and if get if they aren't going to have any big name guests doing panels or anything at the Hilton, then it doesn't matter if the Hilton doesn't have back entrance or not. So I I, I think that will get solved pretty easily. I uh, I I can't really think of anything else. I mean, uh, those of us who get condos now uh, at the rail yard and and some of those other places are kind of outside the hotel system. So if if they if they're going to get me into another hotel for RTX, it's going to have to be a really, really good deal. Because yeah. right now, those condos have everything going for them. Yeah, they're perfect. And you know, as you know, of course, I was in that condo as well. So I, I love that, that stay. It's per perfect for the kind of trip it is. I mean, there's even a kitchen. So if you wanted to, we could probably even just buy some stuff together, scratch up a meal, like, save a fortune. I, I think that's the plan for next year is to do a better job of making meals in the condo. Yay. And not just, not just those those kitchens, but having a, a washer and a dryer that you can access is, especially for, you know, the 100-degree Texas heat and where by the, the middle of the day, if you've been running back and forth, being able to put on clean clothes is amazing. 
Hooray, clean clothes. How about you, Joseph, or do we have Tristan? I'm not sure who we have on the line at this point. Well, I'm about to hand this over to Tristan, who was the guardian for your Glibshark panel, the tech guardian. Oh, yay. Oh, cool. And took some pictures of your panel for you because I've got to go pick up my wife from her first day of work. So I'm handing out to Tristan right now. All right, cool. Joseph, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Tristan. Oh, my God. It's too hey, early. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Thank you for, by the way, for being this. For those who don't know, as Joseph mentioned, this is the uh, one of the guardians for our Gloop Shark panel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tristan Whiting. I was the uh, the tech guardian for you, and I, I I told Joseph, "What am I going to say? I'm going to go on there and apologize again because we were having so many issues that day." Yeah. We're, no, listen. We're, as far as the as far as the panel went, everything was fine. The only issue was the streaming, and I don't think you had anything to do with that. That was just you know streaming shit. We we totally understand that wasn't you. Yeah, we had so we just had some tech hiccups where some of our gear wasn't talking to other gear we had. So on Friday, we had a lot of trouble getting our stream up and running. Uh, but by Saturday, we were we were pretty much set, and on Sunday we were golden. So I, I really feel I do feel bad, and I want to apologize to everybody who was listening to the stream. You know, just on behalf of all of us, because we were working our butts off trying to make it work, and there were just there were just some things we couldn't do. So we we got it working Saturday, and we were we were golden Sunday. But but Friday we just we were we were trying. Okay. <laughs> so you you heard it here, audience. Tristan is to blame. Everybody throw things out <laughs> in the queue in the street. Or worse, if you're in Austin, give him a job in an engineering field. That he'll then he'll really be sorry. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> no, you guardians did fantastic work, and even the stuff that went wrong, it it wasn't because guardians fucked up. It was because it's a convention, and things go wrong, and they were fixed because guardians fixed them. So thank you. Yeah. Hey, it was our pleasure. We were all there volunteering our time because this was something we wanted to make happen. We wanted people to have a good time. And I think that, in, that like you said, in spite of Friday's glitches, I, I was approached by probably 100 people on Sunday who just said, dude, it was an awesome event. Thank you so much for uh, everything you contributed to this, whether or not they knew what job I had. So, you know, I just want to say thank you to all the Guardians, you know, who helped me and who are working other jobs to help make this event great. And, and it was, it was a group effort and it was awesome. And it was great to be a part of that. Yeah. And anyone who has a blue, had a blue shirt on that weekend has my gratitude. Um, but, uh, that said, like, I want to particularly say, like, we're talking about things we like to see in 2016. I would love to see more specialty teams for guardians. Um, people who might have technical knowledge of, uh, of stream stuff. I mean, you guys eventually fixed it, but if there's like a black tie, like kind of like a geek squad, kind of uh, elite squad, I'm thinking spam man would be good at this. Cause he actually works in like Wi-Fi networks, um, in hotels and whatnot, or just anybody really like, uh, you know, that specialty skill thing. But by and large, the guardians have done, did and continue to do a tremendous job every year organizing this event. I absolutely agree. This was my first time actually getting to be part of it, and I was I was awed at just the amount of of effort, the amount of love everyone put into their jobs to make it work. I mean, even 
um, you know, I was I was running around. I felt like I always had my hands in something because I was I was you know, digging through the computers and trying to get them running, or or even just babysitting them. But there were some people who they were asked to. Um, there, there were there were guardians who were asked, "Your job is to sit in the G spot and just watch the door and make sure that only people with either staff badges." or guardian badges are coming through this door, no one else. And that was their whole job, was to sit there and just guard those doors. And that was, you know, eight hours of of not doing much. And I, I really appreciate those people because they made sure that that the guardians had the, the food and refreshment that they needed, the little snacks to keep them going on their jobs. And they protected, you know, guardians were able to leave their gear in those rooms and, and know that it wasn't going to be, you know, looked through by random con goers because those rooms were safe. And, you know, there's no job was too small uh, to, to help make this event a success. And I really, I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Hats I off to Mary and Chris for running a, a tight team. Yeah. And to our good friend, Babber, for continuing to do a good job. Babber, of course, is Barbara. Hearts. <laughs> Babber is like my nickname penises. for. Hearts and penises. I can't think of a better note to, uh, to go off on or go out on. Anything else? I can just do last call. Anything else for RTX before we uh, drift off into the sunset? I love you guys. I love RTX. Uh, I love you guys, too. And I love breakfast it tacos, especially so if they have... Much, yeah, it was so much fun. Like, this was... It, yeah, this was definitely one of the most notable RTXs I can I I can think of. That D and D game will stick with me for the rest of my that life. Is so one of the same. highlights of my life. That yeah, was same. that like Oboe. I cannot thank you enough for for pulling that off. And, yeah. and, and anyone I could talk to afterward, I was just like, who were like, yeah, that was a great panel. I was like, it was all Oboe. It was just she she she. It was her it was her deal. She knew what she was doing. She she had the opportunity and she seized it and and that was so fucking cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank everyone for who came out for the Gloom Shark panel, for the D and D panel, who hung out with us this weekend, who helped volunteer this weekend. The Specters, Grady, Julia, just Jules, of course, and, and just anybody who uh, who had a hand to make this weekend. Now I got married this year, so I can't say that the D and D game was the highlight of my year, but it was <laughs> up there. Okay. So, uh, so we're hoping. Our hope has always been just to entertain you and to be able to drink while doing it. And I think we accomplished that this weekend. Oh, and so. a, a quick plea: if you happen to have pictures of the D and D panel or the Glib Shark panel uh, or video, can you tweet at me and let me know? Because I would love to have documentation of any sort. I would love to see some pictures or something uh, at Oboe Crazy. Yeah, at Oboe Crazy, and you can follow the show proper at Glib Shark. And individually, myself, at Jack Edithill, and our sound producer, Jonathan Livington, Livingston Cerna, at road <laughs> underscore block. I, I took some pictures and tweeted them at you. Oh, cool. I saw those, and those are fantastic. So, as I mentioned, our sound producer is Jonathan Livingston Cerna. I am neither living nor stone. <laughs> <laughs> Our announcer is the inimitable Bob Ball voice actor. Our uh, music is done by Linnea Boyev, longtime friend of the show, was on in the very first year. Uh, so on behalf of, uh, and thanks to Joseph Dunlap of Player 4 Podcast, be sure to look out for the latest episode of this towards the end of this week where I will be on there talking about all kinds of stuff, but probably gerrymandering and DuckTales, as is my way. Ah, gosh. But on behalf of Lauren Urban, Jonathan Cerna, and the entire Glibshark staff, this is Jack Edithel saying good night, 
good health, and barbacoa tacos are the best. Oh my god, they so fucking are. <laughs> I, I, I actually... So, okay, so quick story. So, uh, Monday morning we're packing up, and I knew it was the last time I was going to be able to get barbacoa tacos. So, I, I needed to rescue my car anyway. So, I go over to, to the Taco Shack, which is in the same building as the parking garage I had put my car in. And so I got tacos for everyone, and I got specifically got two barbacoa tacos. And I figured one of them was definitely for me, and if I could grab the second, that'd be great. So I rescued my car, brought it back to the condo, and went in and said, hey, tacos for everyone. So I had my barbacoa taco, and it was delicious. And so one of our roommates, Goober, it comes over. It's like, hey, are these for everyone? I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I got about one for everybody. So he picks out a taco, and I'm like, oh, that one doesn't look that big. Oh, no. <laughs> I, he pulled the other one, and sure enough, as soon as he opens it, the glistening tortilla give, gave it away. And I almost said something, and I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm going to pay this barbacoa forward. This face meat will affect another life." And, and it did, and uh, it was it was really really good. Oh God, I now no one another one. Just the luck of the taco draw. I can't believe we made it the whole show without talking about how uh, dumbass now fired uh, Jets. Uh, running backs, or I'm sorry, uh, linebackers will put out your star quarterback for six weeks because of training camp lulls. Probably for the best. Is that Next what week, happened? Try to build all audience. I'd, yeah. Like all I'd heard about was that there was a an accident and someone had a broken jaw and was going to be out for six weeks. And I went, that seems weird. That nope. seems not but professional. If you watch Hard Knocks, you know that these training camps are very intense and they are they they. They bring out the worst, and, and they're supposed to. It's supposed to be a crucible. And so people fight, and, and the coaches are like, yeah, they'll, we'll let kind of people t- toss each other around and, and kind of shove each other, but, but we try and step in. But we do also try and let them work it out because it can be helpful. Well, what you apparently don't do is have to scream with someone, sneak up behind them in the locker room, and then punch them, Ugh. which is right out. So... Geno Smith is out for like one day. I wanted to say like like six to eight weeks, and yeah. that linebacker that I don't even remember his name dismissed. Well, so you don't remember his name, and you shouldn't remember his name, and no one will, and that's good because he was an asshole and made a very poor decision in his life. On one hand, I I feel I do feel bad for him because in this kind of environment, your mentality is extremely different than what it would be normally because it is. You're, you're taken away from everything. You're put into this very high-pressure training camp where, like, they invite something like, Jack, help me out, like, 100 people get invited to training camp, and by the end they have 60-something. It's like 54, I think, by the end of the training camp. It's 54, that's right. So, basically, it's a coin toss on whether you're going to get a job. And it's a, it's a big opportunity because it's playing for, for, an, for an NFL squad. And what's... what's terrible about training camp is like they'll make their initial cuts before you even put on a uniform then after that first set of of preseason games you might actually get to wear a jets uniform on the field but then the next week you might get cut so it with the situation and and the state it puts you in i i can't fault someone for being out of their mind a bit at the same time Obo, you're right. He, it is something that he should not have done because it should end in the locker room no matter what. And it, 
I would almost put it on the coaches as well, just because if they are not diffusing the situations properly and just kind of letting things go out of hand, then then yeah, that's not good. And then you get stuff like this, and maybe even next time it, it's worse. Also, yeah. I wish that the Jets quarterback that had gotten punched in the face would have been Mark Sanchez, but yes. I'm not that lucky. Well, he's not a Jets quarterback anymore. He's an Eagles quarterback. Go Sanchez. I'm just, I'm just saying that if oh, I had Sanchez. to pick one, I'm not uh, going to pick like like uh like even, like who? Oh, what's this? Oh, Broadway to... Joe, Joe Namath, <laughs> Willie, Willie. Joe I don't know. Namath. If I was Susie Copeland, I Joey. might pick Joe Namath. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, gentlemen, I need to go have some food, and I know absolutely nothing about sports, so I, I will leave you. I think we're wrapped up anyway, so. Yeah, yeah dude, I, I gotta get to bed. Sh- okay. Thank you so much. I love you. Good night. I love Good you guys. Everyone. Talk to you later. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glib Shark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends.